Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burns, and I've got two super fun people with me today. One is Travis, who doesn't want to talk about himself. That's me. <laughs> He's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about him for him, and that will take care of things. And my other person is Lisa Murphy. Hey! She'll talk about herself. All day long. <laughs> All right, so I'm no, excited. I, actually, I don't know when your podcast is going to air, but I'm kind of still flying high on the buzz of hitting send and setting book number five to the publisher. So I'm Woo! still yeah. kind of Do you want to talk about your book? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do a oh. podcast. Book, oh, but. okay, okay. I'm excited, but, too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll talk about my book, but this is not why we're here today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. When's it going to be out? See, that's funny. I need to probably check in with the publisher because that's everybody's first question. Yeah. And and interestingly enough, my first question is when can I start pre-selling it? Like, I don't even care when it's going to hit the stands. I just want to know when we can start letting people know that we're willing to take their money. <laughs> not just, just take not in a bad way. So just if you're listening, it's, it's not in a bad way. It's just more that, like, because I think when you pre-order stuff, it's like a gift that you didn't realize you were giving to yes. yourself because then, then like six months later, mm-hmm. you get this shit in the mail and you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot about this. Mm-hmm. And it works every time. Yep, yep. You're right. That's exactly how it works. Okay, so I think this anyway. is going to be a really good conversation. It's, I, it's something that drives me crazy. I know that the three of us, maybe not all together, but in some configurations have talked about this already a little bit. It's from a book called theories of practice by Carol Garhart Mooney. It's a little bit longer. I know I fangirl her. Do you? I love her. And I forgot about this book. Incidentally in Atlanta at NAYC, not this last year, but the last time it was in in Atlanta. Uh And I like ran up to her and grabbed her. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, I love you. And she's like, who are you? Thank God she was with David. Of Red <laughs> from Red Lake Press, <laughs> you know, run some interference. And uh, anyway, keep going. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. Travis did say we were hijacking your show, so I'm just following. I, I have every expectation. I just said to Steve, I probably am not going to talk very much. <laughs> I'm probably just going to get the ball rolling, and they're going to go. So okay, <laughs> so it really is a good book. Um, I hope that this discussion doesn't interfere with any kind of restraining orders she might have with you now, Lisa. <laughs> after that experience <laughs> um yeah we'll okay. find out <laughs> okay all right so it's the book is theories of practice and it's it's from a section that's talking about the disconnect between theory and the way we really do things with young children in early childhood settings so the quote is <laughs> hold on the disconnect between our theories of what young children need based on research tested and expanded over time 
and our actual practices is vast and extends across many of our country's programs for young children. And then she offers some examples. Here are some things I've heard in the past year in the halls, classrooms, or play yards of early childhood settings. So I want to read some of those examples, and then we can go with it if you guys are okay. up for that. Okay. Right. First, a six-month-old. She's just doing that to get attention. A three-year-old. That one's a handful. Lies all the time. A four-year-old. He's a sneaky one. A two-year-old. She's a bully. 18-month-old, he did it on purpose. Oh, my God, I hate that phrase. No, stop. We're, not, we're, we're holding our comments till the end. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> a four-year-old. <laughs> coming up. Especially this one coming up. <laughs> I know, right? A four-year-old. She stole it from Heather's cubby. <laughs> Some sorry. bitch stole something from her cubby. That's right. It's a problem. Okay. Also, I really want to say name of your sex tape for that one because that's what I say now instead of that's what she said ah, she stole it from Heather's cubby but I'm above that I'm not going to say it <laughs> okay nobody here is above that hashtag Heather's sex tape <laughs> to the podcast um, four year old she has no self control four year olds don't let those two sit together they're trouble a five year old she tries to control all the four year olds and a two-year-old, he's got a real mean streak. Keep going. You got two more. Well, that's where my printer cut off. So what are the other two? Oh, uh, <laughs> she thinks if she wails all day, we'll, we'll carry her around mm. from a three-month-old. Oh, Jesus. And the last one is from a five-year-old. She's just a typical mean girl. Oh, yeah, the mean girl. Yep. Yeah. I've heard these, too. This is not just something Carol has heard. Well, okay, so did your printer really cut off there? Because I really did, yeah. Okay, so what I kept reading, because you sent me that Mm -hmm. clip, if we were to do a person-on-the-street survey, it is my hunch that many adults in the country would find nothing wrong with many of these comments. Mm -hmm. I do believe that most parents of infants and toddlers would be sad and upset if they thought their infants were left to cry because caregivers thought their babies were manipulative. I feel certain that their parental hope would be that someone at childcare would sensitively soothe and comfort the babies. But I also have a hunch that many parents, as well as providers, would agree that things like lying, stealing, hitting, using materials inappropriately, to name a few, mean the same thing to four-year-olds as they do to adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I'll jump in. And I know Travis has got something to say to this, mm-hmm. but I I think one of the biggest lessons, and we use this we use this phrase a lot, especially if you're people who listen to Heather and Travis and me and Jeff, of before we knew better, right? And and before we knew better, so before I knew better, I'm sure I I said maybe one or two of those. I I can't say all of them, but until I made that that break between, oh my gosh, I'm projecting onto children stuff that probably I might do as an adult. So then I reframed it. Mm-hmm. Stop doing to children things that I would never do to another adult. And I stopped saying things to children that I would not say to another adult. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that comes, that brings us to, to one of the biggest things that came to mind for me when I was reading this part is, I, you know, I've heard these things said about children. Probably the children are right there. 
See, that's at, at a different feet. That's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're saying those things. Yeah. So that's a whole other op- whole other uh, rant. But and and you said you know something I might do as an adult. We hold children to higher standards than we are being we are willing to be held ourselves. Like. If anyone said I anything don't like it's this it's about always... us, we'd be so pissed and we'd go on and on about disrespect. I, yeah, and yes, and I agree with you 100%. My my interruption comment was, I like to think that people aren't doing it on purpose. Like, I like to think that it's from, forgive me, some place of professional ignorance for lack of a better word which might be kind of hardcore but you know whatever if you honestly don't know better like if you never really ever stop to think about the ramifications of what you just said potentially in front of the child I'll cut you a little bit of slack but then I'm going to want to see some behavioral changing from you right where I get really really itchy and uncomfortable is with the people who are 100% aware that they're like seeing this old as a 40 year old Mm -hmm. and that's where i get kind of concerned yeah i think that it's (laughs) i think that it's really a humanity problem too many of us are human (laughs) um and we tend to judge other people by their actions when we judge ourselves by our intentions um and i think that extends (laughs) (laughs) we tend to judge other people by their actions and judge ourselves by our intentions. And I think that extends all the way to children. Um, Cause I really think that if you're the kind of person who's come to terms with that about yourself and you've started being more mindful in judging other people by their intentions rather than their actions, you're one of the people who isn't going to say that kind of thing about a child. But if you are the kind of person who kind of ignores that reality about yourself, then you're always just going to be judging those children by their actions. And if you have no, if you don't have the professional ability that a lot of people that we know, a lot of people in our circle have, if you don't have that new knowledge, then you wind up putting adult intentions behind children's actions and then you just have a whole cluster of everything because you use words like manipulating, bullying, all these words that just don't make, they just don't compute to children. But to us, it's our way of understanding it because we don't know how to judge the children by their intentions because we have no idea what it's like to be a child anymore. Right. So it's like the filter that some adults put on top of the behavior and through that filter is how they see it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which calls me to just put in a plug i think every other show i put in a plug for this book but emily plank's discovering the culture of childhood is exactly what you just were talking about travis is that (laughs) we just are not able to see things as a child sees them or see the reasons a child might do something as as different than what it would be for us because we don't understand what it's like anymore and yeah and the funny thing about that is that i know so many people who are willing to explain their dog and cat's behavior well, ba- stop. based You're, off of their you knowledge. Do have my house bugged? <laughs> based You're off, off their knowledge of dogs podcast. and cats. <laughs> right, the doggy <laughs> style <laughs> podcast. Dogs and cats. <laughs> but really, really, like, the you, <laughs> you will see, you will see people uh, my my dog is growling at you because he thinks that you he he thinks that men with who are wearing hats are a danger to us. <laughs> it's like really you're willing to put yourself 
put in that dog's mind, but you can't put yourself in the mind of a child or anything like that. So pause, pause. I'm going to throw something out there. Have we forgotten how to personify children because we're so busy personifying our pets? Duh. <laughs> I, I would certainly I say that for some people. Yeah, for some <laughs> people, that is definitely a problem. I think some people treat their pets better than their kids, but that might be a whole different podcast. Oh, and that's, yeah. that's definitely this is actually recorded. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I was, it, have, was it with you, Heather? Yeah. Didn't you the, do that? The about, doggy style. Oh, yeah. About, about the, the doggy style. <laughs> Yeah. That that is that is a whole lot. That's a whole other can of worms. But in reality, I I used to have a roommate who had a child, and this child lived with us, of course. And she would hit the crap out of that child every single night, and it was hor- a horrible situation. I got out of there as soon as I could because it was I, there was no educating her on that. Mm-hmm. But the second her boyfriend hit her cat. Oh, geez. She went ape shit, like literally ape shit, screaming through the house, probably got a noise complaint on our apartment, like horrifying. And I just like, I couldn't well, help I, but I, sit I, back and say, wow. the, two you, the two of you probably are well aware of the fact that the first child abuse laws in the United States were under the umbrella of animal, mm. animal abuse laws, which were in practice prior to any child abuse yeah. laws. Yeah. When the the family in Chicago like stabbed their daughter with scissors, she was protected under if you had done that to your cow, we would have taken you to jail. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, "Hmm, maybe it should be also bad if you <laughs> to stab your kid. child." Oh my god, what the hell humanity? <laughs> I just can't. Okay. Well, okay, bring it up. Bring I'm good. I'm going to try. Let's, let's go back to it. I want to go back to something you said, Lisa. You talked about professional ignorance. And I think that's sort of what uh, uh, Mooney was getting at. Carol, whatever we want to call her. I can't call her Carol because that's Travis's go to sarcasm <laughs> name. <laughs> God damn it, Carol. Carol. <laughs> Get your shit together, Carol. It's a different Carol. It's disclaimer, asterisk. It's a different Carol. <laughs> different Carol, not Travis. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag it's a different it's, carol it's a different for carol there's the hashtag name <laughs> hashtag not all carols <laughs> hold on i have to write that down because that really is the episode maybe name. your carol spells it with an e travis and so our carol is exempt because she's with an l that could be that could be anywho yeah so anyway you talk yes. about professional ignorance, ignorance and that's where this i think what she's doing here is saying we we attribute all these negative and adult-like or whatever uh, motivations to children's behavior because we are ignoring what we've learned or it's just easier to go or to that default or it. you didn't ever learn it. <laughs> because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And that's from the book, oh shoot, and we're on live right now and I can't go look it up. Uh, uh, something Childhood by... Travis could talk while you're Keep trying somebody- to remember. Travis talk while I'm googling. That's who what is I make. the mother of the actor, and she wrote that. Oh, Take, Nancy Carlson back Page. Childhood. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nancy Carlson Page wrote "Taking Back Childhood," and right. one of the things I absolutely loved about that book was how she honestly, she just like you could feel her heart exploding as she said, "You don't know what you don't know," uh-huh. okay. and you don't. 
So it's but but it's when you know mm-hmm. and you're not willing to do anything that I can only speak for myself. That's when I get crabby. But if you right. honest to God didn't know, and you need to be willing now if somebody's willing to guide you or move you. Like let's say you didn't honestly know any better. So let's say that you got hired wherever that was, and you really honestly didn't know a lot about child development. At the end of the day. That's not necessarily the hill I'm going to die on. The hill I'm going to die on is that if, in fact, we start to coach you, side coach you, mentor you on where you kind of start needing to go, and I don't see any progression, I'm going to get crabby. Right. But if you know better and you choose to stay in that spot, I'm, I'm... I, I well, I don't think you should be allowed to work in the field, and I know Travis definitely agrees with that, and I <laughs> I know you probably do as well. I mean, I, if, if I, you're just comfortable being stupid and ignorant, I'm sorry. You know you, so I, well. I would have <laughs> more, and you'd be like, bye, boom, yeah. gone. So, but here's my problem. I agree with that 100% in theory, on the surface maybe, that, you know, we if you don't know it, you don't know it. My problem is, and and not my problem with you saying it, Lisa, but my problem with that reality is children are still being damaged (laughs) in the meantime while we're waiting for these people to know. And I don't know how to, I don't know what that answer is. Um, Because I I see people who I know have taken classes in child development or have, you know, had to get in-service hours or whatever, whatever, who have probably heard, you know, that, uh, you know, why three-year-olds quote-unquote tell lies or why some babies cry more than others, but it doesn't change their practice or their expectation. But maybe that's because there isn't somebody in the room going, so I'm wondering what you mean by telling a lie, or I'm wondering what you mean by needing attention. And if they are needing attention, because I can quote tomorrow with all the love in my heart, <laughs> why wouldn't you give a three-month-old the attention that they're showing you that they're needing? You know, and, and I'm not wanting to misquote anybody who said it, and it's surely I didn't say it, but we're the only culture in the United States, I believe, I mean, mm-hmm. th- that thinks you can actually spoil somehow an an infant and I think we have some very old woven in our culture and I'm not saying that's good or uh, good at all I'm just saying we've got a lot of crap that we've never been willing to break up with that might still be influencing how we deal with children but I also think that there needs to be somebody on a regular basis who's able to challenge those statements like if you're honestly thinking she's a mean girl I'm going to be the one in the on the sidelines saying what are you seeing that's mean like like give me some parameters let's filter your thing because it's not a judgment because I don't really honestly at the end of the day I don't know what you really mean by that Mm -hmm. but where's the person in the environment that might allow us to get you through that maybe a little bit quicker Mm -hmm. and I'm with you 100% we've got children who are being damaged along the way Mm -hmm. yep so, Travis, are you going to talk about our puritanical roots being the reason? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had that. We've had that conversation. <laughs> oh, that is a long road to go down. I know, but I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I would say, though, as as an administrator, as someone who who's doing hiring in this field, um, I do think that we can't be in the business of kicking people out, even when our 
our knowledge is telling us that it's necessary. Um, I know that there are a lot of times. Walk me through that. (laughs) I've, I've, I've had employees who do things that I find questionable, do things that I need explanation. I need them to walk me through, um, to where as long as I can see some kind of upward trajectory, I feel like they're worth keeping or worth saving because I can't be in the business of keep, kicking, pe- kicking that. people yeah. that I know, <laughs> kicking people that I know are not going to ever physically hurt or emotionally like scar children. I if I know that they won't do either of those things, and I see an upward trajectory in their pedagogy, then by all means they are worth saving to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think often about like certain times when I hear them bribing kids with candy certain things like that where i'm like oh they're damaging that kid but then i have to think it's kind of a devil you know versus devil you don't know and as long as that upward trajectory is there and i can continue coaching then that's not something that i feel needs to be completely struck down i don't think that they would need to be reprimanded fired sent home Um, but that's what i said earlier as long as i keep seeing some progress I'll give you as much rope as you need because at the end of the day, I'm nothing but consistent. So if I meet it, if I'm willing to meet a child wherever they are and grow them out, I, I'm willing to do the same for a staff member. I hire for attitude and I train for skill. So I'm willing to grow you out. Where I get frustrated and potentially like you're out of here is if I see you starting to think that where you have now decided you're comfortable is your ceiling. Then mm-hmm. you're gone. Right. Then I, I, I have no qualms in being like, yo, so this is what I've seen. There's been no movement. And bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. Thanks.